podcast. I hope you are all doing really, really well. Uh, This week we're going to have a a sermon that I was asked to preach at my local church uh, a few weeks ago. I just felt like maybe I should put that on the podcast. Um, But also to kind of talk about that topic, the local church, and kind of some other things. The first of which, I think uh, you guys have known that I've mentioned this before, but uh, I am not on Facebook nearly as much as I used to be. And that has continued to be a great blessing. Uh, I, you know, there's some really dear, great people on Facebook, some great brothers and sisters out there, and I'm, I'm so thankful for them. But I will say that being on Facebook as a whole has a lot of negative, <laughs> negative things um, that kind of ended up wearing on me a good bit. So I want to encourage you, if you're spending a lot of time on Facebook, and you know I'm not laying down any kind of law, not trying to do anything like that, but I'm just trying to offer some helpful advice, some, some things that have helped me. Um, but think about this with me for a second. If you're on Facebook, you know, hours and hours a day, which that's a lot. <laughs> if you're on Facebook a lot, how else could you be using that time? Um, you know, if you're, you find yourself consumed in it, I want to ask you a, maybe a convicting question. What if you use that time to study the Word of God more, to learn what's in God's Word, to learn sound doctrine, to learn... Uh, things that will help you share the gospel clearly and accurately with your friends and family and anybody that the Lord puts in your path? What if you've replaced the time that you use on Facebook with that? So I have a couple of of suggestions. One thing that me and my wife are doing is called Ligonier Connect. And I just want to say right off the bat that I'm not sponsored by Ligonier. I'm not sponsored by anybody. But I'm not sponsored by Ligonier. I just really enjoy um, Ligonier Connect. We started doing this a few weeks ago. It's $9 a month, I think, for one person. And then if you pay like an extra dollar a month, so $10 a month, you can add another person. You each get your own account. And what Ligonier Connect is, is this huge, huge like list um, of classes that you can take that Ligonier has put together. So you get a Ligonier Connect account, and then there's, I mean, there's 
to me, countless classes that you can take. Um, the one, the first class I did was Foundations of Grace, Old Testament. Uh, Dr. Steve Lawson was the teacher on that one, and that was awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm in Foundations of Grace, New Testament right now. You can go at your own pace. Uh, it's that's another thing I like about it because you know I have a family, so it's not like I have a very very structured day. Oftentimes, uh, sometimes this is like the last thing I do before I go to sleep. Um, but it's been a great replacement for uh, being on Facebook a lot. And I'm not saying that being on there is a sin or anything like that, or that like. Everybody should just get off of there right now. I'm not saying that, but think about what you do with your time. But like one one uh, class uh, is made up of several lessons. Um, I think the Old Testament Foundations of Grace was 14 lessons. In a lesson, you get you get an introduction. Then you have like a pre-question thing that just helps you kind of uh, think through what you know about the topic. Then you listen to a listen or watch. It's a video. You can download MP3 as well. But uh, listen or watch a lesson taught by um, anybody that's teaching at Ligonier. So in this case, Dr. Steve Lawson is the one that I'm in. Uh, And even while you're listening, you have like this guide where you can answer questions, kind of like a sermon layout. Uh, But you listen to the class and fill out those questions that kind of guide you through it. After that, you can uh, see go through the questions that they provide for everyone who's ever taken the class or who's taking it right now. And there's like three questions after the thing that you watch, and you can see um, how everybody else answered those three questions that Ligonier puts out about the class, about the lesson you just took. And you can provide your own answers. It's, that's been great, honestly, because uh, I'll read some of the answers and think, oh, wow, I, I didn't catch that during the lesson. Uh, then they give you like four bullet points of what you could pray about in relation to the lesson. And then there's a short quiz after that. It's, it's not like a graded quiz or anything, but it just helps you test your knowledge of what you learned um, in the class. It's all geared towards growing you uh, in your walk. And it's been awesome. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what other subscriptions you have. Like, I know for me, I think Spotify is like close to $10 a month. So, Ligonier Connect, in my opinion, is worth more than any other $10 subscription <laughs> that I can think of. So, think about that. Also, if you're not connected with a local church, I cannot encourage you to do that any more than I can think of encouraging you. <laughs> That's something you need to do. Unless there's some kind of, um, you're battling with some kind of medical issue that keeps you from being in a local church or, uh, you know, well, you can still be a part of a local church, but from, from meeting um, with a church or there's something like that, like I understand uh, not everyone has the same issues and everything like that and struggles but by and large if you're able and most people are able join a local church uh pray about it pray that pray for god to lead you to one Uh, i cannot thank the lord enough for the church he led my wife and i to 
our pastor preaches the gospel every week, every week. And uh, he he preaches the word. Uh, he's an expository preacher. So most sermons are expository. Uh, and even on Wednesday nights, we, we're going through books of the Bible. It's been a tremendous blessing, as well as just being with other believers who are like-minded, um, who love God's word, meeting up with them. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to say the cheesy line of doing life together, but kind of doing life together, like, but really walking together with the Lord. I think that's a better way of putting it. That is a tremendous thing. There, there are no Lone Ranger Christians, okay? Unless for some reason, you know, there's these crazy circumstances where you're in some island um, on a missionary journey or something, and you might be the only Christian there. And if that's the case, glory to God. But for the most of us here in the United States and, and most places in the world, if you have a, a strong Bible-believing church, join it. Join it. And be an active member. Um, serve with other brothers and sisters. It it is a tremendous blessing. And uh, a, a few weeks ago, maybe a, maybe even a couple of months ago, now I had someone reach out and ask about finding a, a church, and um, that was that was a really encouraging journey to go down with somebody. Um, uh, I helped this couple run into a, a church the somebody that I actually knew. Um, and I don't want to give out too many details and stuff like that just to protect people's, you know, identity and stuff like that. But that was a blessing. So uh, feel free to email soundandworship at gmail.com if you're like, you know, I, I don't really know where to start. I want to I want to join a good church, but I don't know what to look for. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'd be more more than happy to walk with you in that and and try to find a good option for you to to go try out a good church that's in your area that preaches the word. Be glad to to help out with that, if Lord willing. So please send your emails to soundandworship at gmail dot com. With all that being said, like I said, I, I have a sermon here that uh, was recorded at my church um, a few weeks ago. I cite two worship songs in the, in the sermon, and um, the first one was Who Would Have Dreamed by Sovereign Grace Music, and then I cited Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, the, the old hymn. Uh, so that's something to think about, too, as you're looking at, into uh, choosing songs to sing for your congregation, or you know, if you're just looking for songs to listen to throughout the day. Uh, that are full of sound doctrine that that you want playing around in your head uh, all day, which we know that's what music does. <laughs> if you're like me, you'll find yourself singing what you've been listening to without even thinking about it. So, but when you're picking a song, it should be something that lines up with the word. It should be something that you could almost preach from. I mean, we we preach from the word of God, but uh, when you're picking a song, it should be biblically accurate as well. Something that is truthful and something you can sing with your brothers and sisters. So think about that as you're choosing worship songs. And without further ado, I will throw you over to uh, the sermon and I'll see you guys on the other side. This morning, 
we're in a room full of light. The lights are on likely because whoever got here first turned the light switches on. Uh, this room did not start out with lights this morning. And I just happened to know Kenneth was probably the one that turned them on. But whoever came in the sanctuary first didn't bring in enough darkness to decrease the light in the room. That's not how that works. When I lay down at night, if I happen to lay down before Annabeth, and I normally do, I don't say to her, "Hun, can you turn on the darks? <laughs> no, I ask her to turn off the lights. And sometimes we leave just a little bit of light on in a room, and that little bit of light is enough for our eyes to see. But you're never adding darkness. Where the light shines, darkness cannot overcome it. This morning, we're talking about the light that shines in the darkness. And we're talking about the maker of our eyes and all that our eyes can see. Without light, we cannot physically see. And without God, we cannot spiritually see. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to see and understand spiritual things. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I think in order to exposit this text this morning, we need to appeal to some great sources of truth. That's why we're going to look at some excellent scriptures this morning to learn about the light that shines in the darkness. I've broken this sermon into five sections. Uh, all of them have to do with light. So if you can follow along, uh, feel free to do that. The first section is the light and prophecy. The light and prophecy. And last week we talked about the word who was with God and the word who was God. We know that the word is Jesus Christ, and we know that the light is Jesus Christ. And we learn about God, we learn who Jesus is through his word. In 1865, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, he said, But what is the scripture's great theme? Is it not first and foremost concerning Christ Jesus? Take this book and distill it into one word, and that one word will be Jesus. The book itself is but the body of Christ, and we may look upon all its pages as the swaddling bands of the infant Savior. For if we unroll the scripture, we come upon Jesus Christ himself. I'm going to say that again. If we unroll the scripture, we come upon Jesus Christ himself. What did Spurgeon mean by this? Did he mean that we see Jesus throughout the entirety of Scripture, even the Old Testament? He did. I want us to look at an example in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, it's a passage that refers to the Old Testament. So it's, a, it's a, an example of the New Testament looking back to the Old Testament. Uh, feel free to follow along. It's Matthew chapter 4, and I'm just going to read a few verses in Matthew, and then I'm going to make you guys flip way back to the Old Testament. But Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 12, that says, 
Now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that was what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Now, Matthew goes on to cite the first part of Isaiah 9 right there. I think this morning, especially in the season that we're in, I want to look at Isaiah chapter 9 and read verses 2 through 7. So feel free to flip back there, and um, if you don't feel like doing that, just listen to the Word. But it's Isaiah 9, and the verses are 2 through 7. You'll probably recognize a lot of this scripture. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The so verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Now Isaiah wrote those words over 700 years before Jesus was born. But it's obvious that verse 6 is talking about Jesus, the son that would come into the world. And we also know that because at the end of that verse, he's called Mighty God and Everlasting Father. There's only one who meets those requirements. It's Jesus, the Son of God. Now, that's one incredible example of prophecy in the Old Testament. But there are hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament that find their fulfillment in Jesus. I think the lyrics of a song written by Bob Coughlin and Jason Hansen put the advent and its fulfillment of prophecy really well. So I'm going to read a portion of that song. It says, Prophets had foretold it. A mighty king would come. Long-awaited ruler. God's anointed one. But the sovereign of all looked helpless and small as God gave the world his own son. And who would have dreamed or ever foreseen that we could hold God in our hands? The giver of life is born in the night, revealing God's glorious plan to save the world. 
Our Savior was prophesied, and he came just as his word said he would. Let's take a second also to note that our calendars tell us something, that it's the year 2022. So something incredible happened about 2,000 years ago. And I think just the title alone of a book written by Phil Johnson and Todd Friel really summed that up. And the title is, The Man Who Split Time. That's Jesus. This life and light were prophesied, and those prophecies were fulfilled. Now let's back up thousands of years earlier to the very beginning, where we see the light in creation. The light in creation, and you can probably guess where we're going. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll read the first three verses, starting out in Genesis 1. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So, in the first three verses, we see darkness then light. And we also see the Spirit of God participating in creation. The triune God was active in creation. Let's go to verse 26. Verse 26 says in Genesis 1, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So we see that this us is going to make man. That's something only God can do. So not only do we see that in Genesis, in the very beginning, the triune God was active in creation. Last week we heard in John 1.3, and even this morning, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus, the eternal God, is the creator of light, and he is our light. He is the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, so far, we see that Jesus was in the beginning. He was prophesied to save sinners in the Old Testament. Now, let's look at the New Testament, where he's revealed. We're going to look at the light in the New Testament. And I have a few few verses here, a few passages They happen to all be uh, written by John. So we're sticking with John for a lot of these scriptures this morning. But turn to John 8. It's just one verse. John 8, verse 12. That says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus teaches us that when we follow him, we won't walk in darkness. God doesn't draw someone to Christ only to keep him just as he was. He justifies us and he sanctifies us. He doesn't leave us to remain unrepentant. 
We grow into a deeper relationship with him that leads us to forsake the dark and sinful ways of our past. We're not without sin, and Christ alone is our righteousness, but he does lead us to grow in him. But you say this morning, well, do I just muster up the ability to do that? No, no. Matthew read and prayed so well this morning this passage that I wanted us to see the entire context of, but in John 6, verse 44, it says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. We need Jesus to walk in the light, and we have to be drawn to the light by the Father. It's not that we clean ourselves up and then just come into the light on our own. It's not that we just learn to hate sin and desire to change our ways and walk in the light. We don't earn a right relationship with the light. We don't find the light on our own. We don't atone for our own sins. The Father draws us to the light, and His Son takes our place to become the only perfect righteousness we could never live out on our own. We are drawn to the light, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now let's look at 1 John. Like I said, we're sticking with John, the very first chapter of 1 John. And you'll see that John loved to talk about light and life. First John, and we're just going to read the first five verses of that chapter. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So we see that John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, loved to use the contrast of light and darkness. And in that passage, he writes about the other senses as well. And he says that there is life. And he says that we testify to the life and proclaim to you the eternal life. So from the context of many scriptures so far, we see that the life is the source of literal life. Only true life can be found in him, and the life is eternal life. John said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. There is no other life to live for. And Christ is abundant life, and without him is death. In Christ, there is the light of life. Without him 
there is only darkness. Who else in all of eternity could one speak of in this way? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So we see that Jesus was in the beginning. He was prophesied in the Old Testament. He was revealed in the New Testament. And one day we'll see him face to face. Let's look at the light in heaven. The light in heaven, and if you want to turn with me, it's Revelation 21, verses 22 through 27. We're going to start there. Another book written by John. Revelation 21, starting in verse 22, says, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In heaven, where only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life are, the place we long for, there's no need for the sun or the moon. The glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. You know what Jesus says near the end of the book? I think you guys might have heard this last week. Revelation twenty-two thirteen. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So when we look at our text this morning and we read, in him was life and the life was the light of men, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We know that this light is the creator. He's the one prophesied of old and the one who's coming again. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Who else compares? And where else does the light shine? It shines in the gospel. The light in the gospel. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you know the light today? Jesus says in John 12, 44 through 46, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. All over the book of John, we see that Jesus is the light, and we, on our own, without Jesus, are in darkness. That darkness is sin. Now, everybody's used light to see. If you don't know Christ today, and if you haven't trusted in Him today, 
I can guarantee you that you've still used his light to see. Our eyes need light to see. If you searched and searched your entire life for the meaning of life, and you've turned to objects made by human hands or other people or anything else that was created, you've used his light, his literal physical light, to see them all, and they all fall short. I want to urge you with a, a few verses of a hymn that you're likely really familiar with. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If you were present on a Wednesday night several weeks ago, you would have joined us as part of our study in 1 Corinthians. In chapter 6, we see Paul talking in one of the most convicting yet encouraging ways of all of Scripture. And it was just a Wednesday night, so it's it a lot less formal. I don't know if Josh remembers this or not, but he pretty much preached to us at the end of that section. I've read the passage over and over my entire life that we went over that night and what I'm about to read, there was something about it that time that truly blessed me. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6, and we're just reading verses 9 through 11. First Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Verse 11 says, and such were some of you. Can you join me this morning, even though this letter was written to the Corinthians and saying, such was I? You can just go through the list. I mean, sexually immoral, idolater, adulterer of heart. There's not many here that I know myself is not guilty of and I'm sure you can relate with me this morning, but listen to the end of, of verse 11. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You have not come today to a room full of the most sweet and decent people that you could ever imagine. They've, you know, they've all, we've all just been so sweet and innocent our entire lives. That's not the room that you've come to today. You've come to a room full of people who need the blood of Christ to wash us of our sins. We all need that. We've all dwelt in darkness, but our Father in heaven calls us to the light and life that is found only in his Son, 
Jesus said he came into the world as light so that whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. Jesus, the creator, the prophesied savior, the king who reigns forever, he came here, lived a perfect and sinless life. He died a death on the cross, a, a death that we deserve because of our abundant sin. He became our perfect and only sufficient sacrifice. Those he dies for, he also sanctifies, and he also justifies before the Father. In all that your eyes can see in this created world, what sight is more gracious and beautiful than this? The life who is the light of men died the death of the men who deserved it. But the life, just as he promised, was raised from the dead. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, when Peter addressed the people in Solomon's portico in the book of Acts, he told them, you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are witnesses. A few verses later, he tells them, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Jesus promises to raise to eternal life those who repent and trust in his finished work on the cross. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Today, we've heard verses from all over the book of John. If you're new to Jesus and you want to learn more about him, read this great book. If you've been walking with the Lord for years, Read this great gospel. Trust in Christ today and be washed of your sins. Find true and everlasting life in him. All right, guys. So that is it for this week's episode. I say this week. Uh, whenever the next episode comes, that's it for this episode. But uh, to that point, if you have a topic that you would like to look into, send it to soundandworship at gmail.com. I'll be glad to, to take a look at it, and it might be something that I think that, uh, you know, we could put on the podcast and maybe something I can research and uh, prepare for and make an episode out of it. Uh, so feel free to send, send in your topics. And uh, until next time, like I said before, uh, join a local church if you haven't already. If you are attending a church, get plugged in. Make sure that uh, what's being preached is God's Word and that the gospel is being preached. And pray about it. Pray about the church that you're attending. Pray for your pastor. Uh, you have no idea <laughs> what he is, what he has to go through um, on a daily basis, weekly basis preparing sermons, meeting with those who have struggles and all sorts of things that, um, you know, ordinary laymen like myself probably can't, can't really even relate to. Uh, so pray for your pastor and pray for your church and may God's will be done. We'll see you guys next time.
on.